0: Welcome to the video broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with Pastor and Teacher Rev Dr Randall Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. Uh, beloved, I, I am, am an child. Thank me reaction, me. you sound over. So, I expecting that reaction but I am. I'm an only child. I am the only son of my mother, um, Alan Kane, and my father, Randall A. Kane, senior, my birth parents. Now, thank you, by the grace of God, I've got many other mothers and fathers in my life, but these are my birth parents. Um, and as such, I was, I was not blessed or burdened for that matter with growing up with other siblings, brothers and sisters. Amen. And as a result, I did not have to fight for my parents' attention or their approval, at least not from another sibling. Beloved, when we left each other last Sunday, one of two sons had gone away with one-third of his father's wealth, had spent and it in wasted waste his and came and back home with an attitude that he was no longer worthy to, to be his father's son. His, his father, father, father lovingly received him, him back home, thank you God. Beloved, that was one of two sons' experiences with their father, um, but there was another brother, the older brother, the brother, the brother who would stay home. home. And his experiences and feelings were a little different from those of his younger brother. Beloved, the title of today's message is The Legacy, Part, Part, two. Part, two. Part two. Beloved, sibling rivalry has existed literally since the beginning of time.
1: In the Old Testament, we find the sibling rivalry of Cain
0: and Jacob and Esau, and Joseph and his brothers. In each one of these situations, things got so bad that near-death experiences or actual death resulted. In the New Testament, we find the sibling rivalry of Mary and Martha, as they tried to vie for Jesus' attention while also still needing to attend to other matters, amen. And in this world today, we still have sibling rivalry between siblings, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, brothers and sisters. The key factor in many of these sibling rivalries, as it applies to our extended theme of dealing with our fathers, is that the rivalries can often have an origin, a genesis, a beginning and seeking to get the approval of the Father. They want to know that the Father loves them. And beloved, once we have that approval and we have that love, we do not want anything or anyone to disturb it. We want it just to stay as it is, amen. From this parable, this story, this story that's supposed to teach us a lesson, we find that one son's desire for approval from his father was being disturbed. As Luke 15, 25 tells us, now his elder son was in the field. Beloved, this other son, this son who was older, this elder son, was in an honored position, likely in a position to lead his family after his father's death, and in line to receive a double inheritance blessing, twice that of his woe younger brother. Beloved, this other son, this older son, this elder son, has stayed home, and did not task his father with getting his inheritance before his father had died like his younger brother had. Beloved, this other son, this older son, this elder son was home, working in the field, doing what a good son was supposed to do. And on his way in, he found that things on this particular day were quite different. As the verse continued, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Beloved, there was a party going on. Was it Taco Tuesday? Was it weekend warm-up Wednesday? Was it, thank God, it's Friday? Something was going on that had been started and was going on without this other son, this older son, this elder son, knowing anything about it. Beloved, he was probably starting to get a little excited himself to see what was going on, even though he had not been included, because everybody who has a pulse and a heart for fun likes a good party. Does everybody like a good party? Everybody like a good party. Everybody liked, don't, don't y'all be acting like, oh, I'm in church. No, 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 I don't, I don't know. No, I, don't, I don't like to party. I do not party. Don't y'all act like that. Everybody like a good party. So he wanted to find out what was going on as revealed in Luke 15, 26. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Beloved, he likely called a servant who was partying. Because it was party time. Who was partying with a piece of Cooked beef that the father ordered to be slaughtered and grilled in one hand and a red cup. You know those uh, family party red cups. <laughs> with something intoxicating in the other hand. Partying and dancing with everyone else because as revealed last Sunday in the end of verse 24, everybody was celebrating. See, some of y'all know what I mean, but you don't want to act like you know what I mean. And so, beloved, between bites of beef and slurps of a likely intoxicating beverage from his red cup, <laughs> the servant explained to the older brother in Luke 15, 27, he said unto him, thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and, and sound. Beloved, when we break this message down, we find three good things that will happen. First, the younger son and brother had returned. That was good because the younger son and brother was back after having been only God knows where, doing only what God knows, for only God knows how long. Second, the father had honored the return of the younger son and brother. That was good because the family was now intact as it was before the younger son and brother had left. Third, the younger son and brother had returned safe and sound. That was good because when people leave home, especially when they leave home to find adventure in the far country, in the world, in the wilderness of unknown far-flung places in the world, we do not know how they will return, if they will return at all. Some folks don't come back. Beloved, it was all good and this was why the father and the people and the younger son and brother were celebrating, but beloved, it was not all good. It was not all good. You see, the older son and brother had gotten used to all of the love and attention of his father. And now his father was giving love and attention to the younger son and brother that he had been getting. You see, the family had developed a new pattern and a different rhythm that seemed to be working for the family while the younger son and brother was away. And now everything was disrupted. You see, the younger son and brother did not seem to be any worse off for having disrespected his father having taken and wasted his inheritance and having left the older son and brother behind to be the son who the father deserved, at least from the older brother and son's perspective, where you sit depends on where you stand. So maybe doing all of these wrong things had not worked out so bad for the younger son and brother. So maybe, just maybe from the older son and brother's perspective, because where you sit depends on where you stand, he had missed an opportunity to run off too. If this is how the story was going to end, but when you come back, they just going to party and celebrate. Beloved, how often have you looked at someone who cannot seem to do right, but seems to still get the breaks, the forgiveness, the favor, and the love while you try to do right, and it never seems to quite work out that way for you? Beloved, while I did not have any siblings growing up, I did have cousins. Cousins who, because of the closeness of our family, were often like brothers or sisters to me. Can I tell y'all a little story? One cousin, who I will leave names, went to college at the same time as I did. I went to college on an academic scholarship, and he just went to college. I spent my first semester trying to maintain at least a B average to keep my scholarship. My cousin spent his first semester road tripping to different colleges for parties. I kept my scholarship after my first semester. My cousin flunked out of college after his first semester with a 0.0 grade point average. Well, that's what happens when you don't never go to class. Now, beloved, after that first semester, one of the two of us got a call for Christmas. Who do you think it was? Y'all answer that way because y'all know me. Y'all know I'm not gonna give y'all the answer that you're supposed to get, it's always a different answer. Because it was my cousin who flunked out of college and joined the Navy while I continued to do what I could to keep my scholarship. He got a call and I got an attitude. A bad attitude, a bad attitude. Because I had done everything that I was supposed to do and he had not, but he seemed to get the breaks, the forgiveness, the favor, the love, the call. But all I got was a chance to keep my scholarship for another semester. And another semester to try to keep my scholarship. It made me wonder if I was on the right track or not. Maybe I should have gone road tripping and partying across the USA. It was kind of like that for the older brother in Luke 15, 28. And he was angry and would not go in. The older brother felt justified in his eyes. And I do not think that many of us would disagree with it. The father has celebrated the younger son who was alive and found while the older son seemed to prefer him being dead and lost. So he could not, he would not celebrate. Some siblings right now do not speak to each other. Do not have anything to do with each other. Are basically dead and lost to each other. Because of something that one did directly or indirectly to the other, that they cannot bring themselves to forgive, to forget, to love them despite what they did. Beloved, it is a sad commentary on our lives when we choose to intentionally live that way. If you want to see the sad commentary turn into a different kind of commentary, you often need for someone else to step in to help you to see the light. Anybody want to see the light? Somebody say, I want to see the light. light." In this case, it was the father. As Luke 15, 28 continued, therefore came his father out and entreated him. The father seeing the growing rift between his two sons had to step in to repair, to rehabilitate, to restore, to reconcile, not just his older son as he had done for his younger son, but his family. It was about the family because he loved both of his sons and both of his sons were incredibly important to his legacy. When he got to his older son, he found that like his younger son, the younger brother, the older son, the older brother had a script for his father. He had something he had to say. Luke 15, 29 shares, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, a baby goat, let alone a calf, a baby cow, that I might make merry with my friends. The older son and brother had worked for his father. The older son and brother had obeyed his father. The older son and brother had stayed home with his father. Might sound like some of you. Who were the one who always did right. Tried to do the right things. It's all your other siblings getting away, going away, doing whatever, with whoever, wherever, for however they chose to do their things. For this son, for all that he had done, he also wanted his faithful work, his dutiful obedience, and his constant presence to be celebrated as much or as more than the misguided missteps, the wanton wastefulness, and the devilish disobedience of his younger brother, which now seemed to be being celebrated. Instead of him getting the celebration, it was a younger son and brother. It was a never do well. It was a problem child always causing problems was getting the celebration as the older son and brother continued in Luke 15 and 30. But as soon as this thy son was come, which have devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. Beloved, the older son and brother was hurt and hurting as he showed the breadth and depth of the relational divide and rift that existed between him and his brother. The words that he used, this thy son, spoke volumes. He spoke of his brother as if he was a creature, not even a human being. He spoke of his brother as if he belonged to his father and had no association with him at all. He spoke of his brother as if he was his father's son, just his father's son and not his brother. He then went further on the path of character assassination as he used the words which have devoured thy living with hearts. (laughs) <laughs> he spoke again of his brother as if he was a creature who had devoured his father's living, which made the father look quite foolish by giving his living to a son like this. A son who, with no proven evidence or hard facts, had given his money, the father's money, the father's hard-earned money, to harlots, loose women, prostitutes, who would exchange time and pleasure for the father's hard-earned money with a younger son and brother. The older son and brother had judged the younger son and brother unworthy, with low morals and integrity, while seemingly seeing himself as the good one, the clean one, the pure one, which meant that he had completely forgotten the great truth of Isaiah 64 and 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. I don't care how good you done been in your family. You ain't that good. And just because everybody don't know what you did, because some of y'all still call good because everybody ain't seen everything that you did. Some of y'all just got away with it. Except Somebody in the eyes of God. God saw it. God knows. it. God know you did it. And God know who you were with when you did it. So, beloved, while the younger son and brother had his issues to shared last Sunday of being foolish, ignorant, trifling, and stupid, the older son and brother had his issues of arrogance, self-centeredness and righteousness, hardness of heart, and unforgiveness. Beloved, both of these brothers needed some help from their father. But, beloved, the older brother was not through as he revealed what really had set him off as revealed in Luke 15 and 30. Thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. Beloved with children, with siblings, when you do for one what you do not do for the other, you're preparing your children to believe that you actually love one more than you love the other. Got quiet here. Got quiet here. Whether intentional or not, whether spoken of or not, whether addressed or not, the seeds for sibling rivalry are planted when one or more of your children believe that you favor one more than the other. And when you do this, whether intentional or not, you are running the risk of splitting your family and ruining your family's legacy. Your children will get a sense of who they believe is a favorite or favorite child. Everybody will say, well, you know they was always mama's favorite. Well, you know they was always daddy's favorite. And they will act on that for the rest of their lives. If they believe they are the favorite or favorite child, they will often operate with a perspective of works righteousness that will have them wanting to keep what they believe that they have. That happens sometimes in families. If they believe they are not the favorite or the favorite one, they will often operate with a perspective of works righteousness that will have them trying to get what they do not believe that they have. That happens sometimes in families. Or even worse, they may just walk away from the family. Desert them because they do not believe any of their efforts will change anything anyway. That happens in families sometimes. The older son and brother felt threatened because he thought that he should have earned his father's love, and he believed that his father was giving his love away to his younger son and brother, who he thought absolutely did not deserve it. So he was mad and he was hurt. He needed an intervention before his anger got the best of it. Beloved, sometimes when you see some things happening, you can't let time pass by. Sometimes you got to address what's going on. Some people act like, oh, well, just, just leave it alone. It'll get better. No, it won't. No, it won't. It will actually get worse. It's like a weed in your yard. Give it that weed enough rain. Give that weed enough sunshine and your whole yard will be weeds. Your relationships, some of y'all relationships are weedy relationships because you didn't cut it off when you saw it the first time and deal with it. But this father was not like that. Beloved, the father, in thinking of the movement towards his legacy as a father, had to take this moment to speak life into his son, to breathe life into his son, just as God breathed life into the body of Adam, the first man in Genesis two and seven, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, pneuma, and man became a living soul. Beloved, God breathed into man, into Adam, so that he would not just look like a man with form but no function, a symbol with no substance, a product with no purpose. So the father's words like God's breath, Numa, the breath of life, the spirit of God became words that he hoped would help his oldest son to be convicted so that he could repent, so that he could be restored, so that the family could be restored, so that the father's legacy would be complete with both sons receiving the love of their father. Love representing God's love. That first Peter for a love and above all things have fervent charity or love among yourselves for charity or love shall come cover the multitude of sins some people are running a right now still sinning and sinning and sinning because they haven't gotten that kind of love love that covers a multitude of sins and hear me right not love covering to hide a multitude of sins but love covering to overshadow a multitude multitude of sins. Not love covering to hide a multitude of sins, but love covering to overwhelm a multitude of sins. Not love covering to hide a multitude of sins, but love covering to overcome a multitude of sins. The father was showing the older son how to love like a father. A legacy-minded father because perhaps By the grace of God, the older son will one day be a father too. Beloved, there's more to being a father than making a baby. Much more to being a father than just making a baby. And in the wisdom of God, the older son would need to know how to extend the legacy of love to his children, who just might, in the wisdom of God, it's funny how God works, that his children might be more like the older son's younger brother than they might be like him. And in the wisdom of God and the love of God and the legacy of his father, the older brother would still need to love those children too. Those children who might just be just like his foolish, ignorant, trifling, stupid, younger brother. Some of y'all with more than one child, you know what I'm talking about. And so the father spoke to his older son in Luke 15 and 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Beloved, while the older son did not even respectfully address his father as father. Children can be like that sometimes. The father did address his son lovingly as son. The father spoke relationship to him because relationships are important. The older son had addressed his father as a co-conspirator with the dysfunction of his unfaithful, disrespectful, and immoral younger brother. The father looked past all of that to see his son in the best possible light and still called him son. He didn't cuss his son out because his son might have started cussing. Parents, y'all might learn something from that. Don't be walking around calling your child everything but a child of God and then we're going to throw God on them after the fact. The father, beloved, was intent on building his legacy through his sons. He had restored one son, the younger, and now he had to restore the older son to restore him the father had to recognize what his older son had done for him during the absence of his younger brother to restore him the father had to appreciate him for all of his efforts in his younger brother's absence to restore him the father had to validate his existence as his son to restore him the father had to calm his older son he had to make sure that he knew that his younger brother was not a threat to him to restore him the father had to assure him that he what was still his was still his and that what his brother had done Would not change that. Beloved, to restore him, the father had to let his older son know that his love for the younger son, his younger brother, did not diminish the love that the father had for his older son. But the older son still needed to know that the father still loved the younger son despite all that the younger son had done. For the older brother, it did not make sense in this moment. But in the movement towards a legacy that the father was trying to build in his family, it made all the sense in the world and the world to come to the father. So the father explained to the older son his why. At some point in your children's lives, beloved, you got to quit just telling them stuff. And it's not enough for you to say, well, do it because I say it so. That ain't going to work for so long. You see, beloved, the older son had missed out on what the father had previously said in Luke 15, 24. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So beloved, the father repeated himself in Luke 15, 32, but he actually changed the words a little bit. I I, I want you to make sure you catch this, what what he said. He said, it was meet that we should make Mary be glad for this, not just my son, but thy brother was dead and thy brother is alive again and thy brother was lost and thy brother is found beloved if they came home right now how would you treat them if mom and daddy loved them would you love them if mom and daddy said it's okay for them to be back, would that be okay with you? How would you treat the one who'd been out there in the world, out there in the wilderness, out there in the far country for a while? Would you love them, or would you keep on rejecting and wanting to remind them of everything that they did wrong that was against your parents, that was against you, that in your eyes was against God? Or would you love them and receive them? How are they going to come back to you? Will they come back to you because they think that you're going to treat them like this older brother trying to treat his younger brother? Beloved, yeah. how much God you got in you To remember that God loved the whole world and that Christ died for us in our sins. Will you love them like that? Will you let the Jesus in you love the Jesus in them that way? Will you allow that bridge of relationship to be built you're gonna keep it burned and broken and buried? The father was trying to do something, beloved. The father sought to reestablish the familial relationship. While the older brother disowned his younger brother, the father said that was still his brother. The father was building his legacy. Beloved, the father addressed the younger brother's sinfulness. He was dead and separating him from God, the father, and the older brother but now he was back. He was alive. The father was building his legacy. Beloved, the father focused on the fact that the younger brother had lost his way as we all do sometimes. Amen. But now he had found his way back home. The father was building his legacy for these reasons. The total family, the father, the unnamed and unmentioned mother, the older brother, the younger brother, the unnamed and unmentioned sisters, the extended family, the friends, the servants, needed to celebrate this gift from God with the love of God for each other. The Father was building his legacy. Does anybody want to build a legacy or are you just trying to make it day to day? Beloved, the love of God is and should be the basis of the love of the family. The core unit that God created to perpetuate God's love in, through, and beyond the church. It starts with the family. As the father had to work on keeping his legacy intact so that he could extend his legacy beyond himself, beloved, we must all seek to do the same. For in doing so, we show and share the love of God to this generation and plant the seeds for the generations to come. You see, beloved, that's the Beatles saying, all you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. And beloved, when you give the world love, when you give other people love, when you give your family love, you give the world God. For first, John 4 and 8 tells us, for God is love. And there is nothing greater that you can give to extend your legacy that will extend your legacy while also giving God praise, honor, and glory. So, beloved, extend your legacy. Love. Beloved, extend your legacy. Love. Beloved, extend your legacy. Love. Beloved, all you need is love. Love to receive. Beloved, all you need is love. Love to give. Beloved, all you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. Beloved, extend your legacy. Love. Thank you for tuning in to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101- North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.